Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also... Not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You're here with me, Dave Warnicky, and I'm here with Matt Stewart, and he is here with Jess Perkins. Yes, I'm here. I'm here with you, and you're, and I'm, you're with you with me. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. belong with you. You belong with me. me. Something. You're my sweet Guys, how are you? All right. This week's topic. <laughs> no, let's do chit chat. Hey, what number? I'll have a quick nap. What number episode is this? Oh my god, I totally forgot. It is episode not sixty-seven. Not 68. Next week's going to be 70, so that means this week is episode 69. 69, yes. Okay. Someone tweeted in that they are hoping that we'll, before their episode 69, do hashtag keen for peen and hashtag keen for virgin. Don't tried like to, that. You don't yep. like that? No, I don't Just like that. To, I mean, it's better than other options. I wanted to pitch you it like to you. like peen but not virgin. Is <laughs> yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, that's okay, well, that's good. sexist. Let's all go around and I'm state sexist. which we prefer <laughs> no, to <not>. have. <laughs> what? As a topic. Know. As a topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not like how this has started. <laughs> Dave, you're being very silly. I know you're excited about 69. I know I am. 
It's okay. Every, I think every week I'm just amazed. I'm like, we're doing it. We haven't missed another week. It's amazing. We're doing 69. We're yeah. 69. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're doing it. Big time. Contractually obligated. <laughs> oh, that takes the fun out of it a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. <laughs> no fun with a contract. 69 is dinner for two, but there's three of us. Okay. Uh, yep. All right. Well, I only heard that meal. recently. You heard that? Dinner skip for two. Tommy Dassler calling his Stop comedy it. festival show Dinner for Two. Oh, that's good. Which means 69. Did you know, would you not have got that? I didn't get it until it was explained. Okay. It just sounds like two people going out for dinner. Dinner for two. So that's why it works on a few different levels. Two. Dinner for two levels. <laughs> <laughs> What a topic. Yeah, so uh, what would you... <coughs> you don't know what uh, the topic is, obviously, Dave, um, but pretty sexy topics were put up to the oh. vote. That's right, because um, Matt's topics are always voted on via our Patreon. Every subscriber gets to vote on your topics, Matt. Yes. To be honest, I did not put two seconds of thought into it being a 69 episode. It doesn't excite me as much as it does Dave. As you know, it's a very funny number, like you always say. I agree, <laughs> sixty-nine. But I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> There's one. only one number that's funnier than sixty-nine, What's and that, that is two four sixty-nine. Two for sixty-nine. Two thousand four hundred sixty-nine is the boring way to say it. <laughs> if you want to get down to business, if you want to have dinner for two four sixty-nine, <laughs> that's funnier. No, I see that. That is funny. Actually, restaurants should put that up, like. As a special, two for $69. Dollars. But also... <laughs> That's in a slightly little small bracket. $2 and also they're making $69. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We could we could chat to some of our local eateries. Yeah, there's, Definitely a, could. there's a few eateries around. We could go and pitch it. But I'd like to sell that idea. I want money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll sell How it. much would we sell it for? 69 There we go. Just Cents. once. Just, I reckon we'd sell oh. it for dinner for two. Oh, they've got I mean, well, really, if we the three of us went out for dinner, it'd be dinner for two and Dave. Yeah, exactly. I'll have, I'll have half an entree, please. <laughs> He's a little man. I am. I can't eat. <laughs> I haven't eaten. Ever? Never. I've never seen you eat. I've seen you sit with food in front of you. I've seen you, like, eat like a pelican or a seagull, which is like... Yeah, I did dive. Have you seen that? I did dive bomb you at the beach. You were eating fish and <laughs> chips. I was there. That was weird. You could have just <clears> come <throat> up and said hello like a normal person who runs into a friend at the beach. But okay. I decided to dive bomb you and steal your yeah, chips. It was kind of funny. But like, do you know that? Do you know that guy? Like, yeah, it's Dave. I'm like, Dave. oh, okay, that's a pretty funny prank then. Because if you didn't know that guy, it would have been um, harassed. And you gave me Panadol, weird. and I my head exploded. Yeah, sorry about it was that. Very weird. Yeah. Weird for a man to steal chips who can't even eat them. He just doesn't want other people to. Exactly. If you can't have them, I can't. Nope. Other way. If I can't have them, you can't. No, if you can't have them, I can't. Okay. That's the deal. I say to someone, we go out for dinner, you're allergic to nuts, I can't have them. Oh, that's nice. Out of sympathy. That's nice. For them. Yeah, good for you. Sympathy. That's a bit patronising, but... Matt, for example, is there something you don't eat? Uh, no, I'll eat everything. How about parsnip? Meat. Yeah. Oh, I don't eat parsnip, I don't eat meat, but apart from that... Great, well, you can't have it, I can't have it. That's nice. What's the deal? So you don't eat meat or parsnips now? Never. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dave. So Wait, everyone in the it's world... Not, it's not just when... It's oh, not no, just it's when... all the time. That's why I'm sort of stuck in this... Oh. I'm like a, the modern Mother Teresa, but I'm starving to death because I've sort of painted myself into a corner. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wonder if there's anything that everyone eats. Chips. That's why you stole my chips. That's why you chips. eat chips. Okay, got it. God, imagine not being able to eat chips. 
Fuck that. Oh, my God. Fuck it. Fuck that. Nah, genuinely fuck it, fuck it right off. Right. Well, if you can't, I can't. Hey, last week I was on the Weekly Planet. I'm doing plugs for the podcast I've been on. You should, people should listen to it. Weekly yeah. Planet last week. We talked about lots of, uh, like, uh, superhero geek culture stuff and some of our favorite universes. Oh. And crossovers. I love crossovers. Mm. How did you go? Did what, what, you, do you think you... Did you uh, talk about it? Sorry, just because it was a crossover between this podcast oh, universe and yeah, their podcast universe. you mention that as well, yes. Very cool. Sorry, Jess. Please go did on. you think you, you know, kept up with... Because they're very intelligent. Oh, they're very intelligent. Look, I was, I was treading lot. water for a lot of it. That's okay. But just they were being very gentle on me. I, I think they were well aware that I was a, a noob. That's good. Well, that's very, very cool. And we have some exciting news relating to the Weekly Planet. And the boys over there, we have uh, joined their podcast network. We're in a network. Yes. Ooh. It's yeah. called Planet Broadcasting, and it also features... The Filthy Casuals. Filthy Casuals, Two in the Think Tank, which is recorded in this here studio, which uh, I was on, I've been on a couple of times, if you want to look that up. Funny stuff. Good stuff. Days. Good stuff. And also... The Weekly the Planet. The Weekly Planet, obviously. Uh, no, it's really cool. Yeah. Someone, we, I did tweet about it a couple of weeks ago. And um, someone asked the question, or maybe on Instagram, they said, so what does that mean? And I didn't reply because I'm not fully sure. I think it means we're part of a gang. Yeah. Exactly. We just, we're in a gang now. We bash other podcasts. Yeah. We yeah. bash them real Watch hard. out, Green God Letters. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another podcast. Another podcast, sorry. Obviously. It's a great but, podcast. I so almost did need ex- explanation. But it sounded like... It did, please explanation. <laughs> well... Um, it's no. Um, hey, I've got a question for you guys to kick off our topic this week. Interesting. Okay. Great. And I'm just, it's just a straight up this, the, you know, normally my questions are bullshit. Uh-huh. This one's just a question and you, you have a good chance of knowing. I reckon Dave probably definitely knows and I reckon Jess probably definitely knows. Great. You could but the answer is the topic. Look, I, I don't know if you definitely know, but I didn't want to sound like an asshole just because Dave knows everything. Thanks for explanation that. Okay. Uh, question is, who was the first American presidential assassin? Oh. oh. Is that Mr. John Wilkes Booth? It is. Very good. Jess, what's your guess? John Wilkes Booth? John Wilkes Booth. Sorry, Jess. Boob. <laughs> John Wilkes, was it John Wilkes Booth? a buxom assassin who assassinated him with his large fake breasts. Yes, so you, so you know the story almost not worth telling? No, I only know the bare minimum, which is yeah, uh, John Wilkes Booth, Ford Theatre, Abraham Lincoln. Is that about That's it? pretty good. Jess, what do you know? Top hat. Yes. Weird. Sweet chin strap. Didn't see the Oh, second man, half. I, I watched a couple of documentaries about it, and, you know, I think of it like Lincoln was one out with the chin strap. There's a lot of characters in this who look like Abraham Lincoln. Oh, right, so he's There's like... other chin straps or little goatee beards. Like a lot ah. of beards are in, mustaches are out it's in the mid 1800s the in America, apparently. Right, so it's not actually like a strong look for him. It's just a pretty average look of the time. But he's just he's just the most famous figure of that era. I think so. I think that's a big part of. It. But also, yeah, he's also a huge. I didn't realize how tall he was. He's he'd be tall for today's standards. He's yeah. like six four. Yeah, very tall. Yeah. Wow. So back then, it would have he would have been. Freakishly tall. So why did he put the hat on top of that? I know. Come on, well, mate. It's like tall women wear heels. He also wore, he also he wore stilettos, so feels like it was really. Yeah, it was weird. He made himself a very easy target, to be honest. It's because it's classically easy to shoot someone in the head if their head is six foot four off the ground. <laughs> Funnily enough, he was uh, there was an assassination attempt, I think, at one point, and they shot through his hat, and he survived. No, that's what it was for. It was like a trick hat. Yeah, you never know where his head is. Yeah, because they thought, well. 
His head's probably just that big and he's just covering up with Kind of like Krusty, how he uh, actually has normal-sized feet and he wears big shoes. But when uh, he was framed by Sideshow Bob, Sideshow right. Bob actually had big feet or whatever. Very interesting Simpsons point. Great. We've got to get a Simpsons reference in every episode, so I just wanted to tick that off early today. He'll do it on the other way around. He'll do tism there. Him with small feet and Sideshow Bob with... That's what I said. That's what I said. No, sorry, Krusty with big no, feet. No, you're wrong. Because he was pretending to be Krusty... That's so Bob was, and they stepped on his foot, and he and he went ow. But Krusty's just a normal. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Terwilliger's got big feet, almost positive, but you should know better than me. So I'm um, also doubting myself. John Wilkes Booth's old man was Junius Brutus Booth, an English Shakespearean actor, right? Born in England, oh. London. Uh, that's that's a strong name, Junius Brutus Booth. It is oh. a strong name, Junius. Don't know Genius. how I feel about that. Uh, Brutus, of course, that very famous Shakespeare character. That's well. That's what I was about to say. That's who he was named after. Uh-huh. And what was that character? Brutus from uh, uh, Julius Caesar. And what did he do? Well, he stabbed Julius Caesar. Assassinated in the Forum. That's right. Assassinated a leader. So that's just coincidental. Oh, that's very. But it's totally just stabbed Brutus from Mean Girls. Uh, Beautiful. Thank you. Making Shakespeare cool again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, prior to John Wilkes' birth, instead of John Wilkes' booth, <laughs> uh, I didn't even intend that, but that's how it's been written there. Uh, by by me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I put a capital B on birth, so maybe it did mean me. it was late at night. Just to emphasise it. Prior to John Wilkes' birth, he was. Prior to John Wilkes' booth, <laughs> John Wilkes' birth, he was married uh, with a child in London. This is Brutus. All right, I was going to say, I thought he, before his birth he was married with a child, which is incredible. Yeah, some but, people and, just start early. And yet we talk about how he killed a president, which in comparison would be nothing if you were married with a oh, child at birth. Also a shape-shifting uh, demon. <laughs> what? Uh, in 1821, see how I did that? You just said 18 instead of 19. Didn't fuck it. Very I got good. reprogrammed during the week. You mean 1721. Why is 100 out? Uh, he immigrated to America with his mistress, Mary Ann Holmes, abandoning his wife and son in England. Oh. So he left John Wilkes behind? No, this is prior to his birth. Oh, sorry. sorry That's sorry. why I wrote that prior bit. But I, as I was writing, I'm like, this is going to need explanation because it's a horribly constructed sentence. Anyway, Junius quickly became the uh, most prominent actor in America. What? And went on to have a successful 30-year career there. Wow. Pretty much up until he died. Uh, he did have some issues. He was an alcoholic, and that obviously had some negative effects on himself. And it was also a bit... some positive. When he was drunk, he felt good. Yeah, he felt real good. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, I assume early without on without putting words or liquor in his mouth. <laughs> be hard to now. Long dead. Uh, but yeah, I'll that... try. In 1835, a Junius wrote a letter to President Andrew Jackson, president at the time, uh-huh. and uh, he was asking that he pardon two pirates. Sure. Which Dear I love. President, please pardon me. <laughs> I got a couple of these parts. I think you should. Uh, in the same letter, he threatened to kill the president. Oh. This is the dad. So Junior. did he ask for the favour first? He or asked for the favour. A bit of both. Uh, apparently, he later apologised, but uh, and they were friends. So some say now that it was just a bit of a muck about. Oh, okay. Just have a little bit of friendly banter. Look- I will kill you. <laughs> Makes look, nah, America you're right, look quite small all the time. He goes over there, instantly becomes the most famous actor, <laughs> writes a letter to the president, then they're best friends. Yeah, it does seem very strange. I think they were already friends. How, but, does, how does one befriend it, a president? But the, but the crazy thing to me at the time, so back then, White House, you could just wander, anyone could wander in. It was, you know, the, the population was way smaller. 
and it was just a much freer place. You could, you could, you probably would bump down into the president down the shops or whatever. It'd be like the mayor today, you know. I bumped into the mayor of Melbourne on a pub crawl a couple of months ago. Robert Doyle. Yeah. What was he doing? He was there just at a pub. On the was he part of the crawl? No, he wasn't. But I That'd invited him in, and um, he said. He said, good on you guys. We had a photo. It was really weird to me. I kept calling him Mr. Mayor. Did he like it? I don't know. I think he thought I was a weirdo because I was definitely being, I was trying to be funny. And you were yeah. also. But, it, but kind of in a way that he couldn't possibly be in on the joke. And he, you so were probably also a bit drunk. Oh, you know, I was only the fourth or fifth pub. So a bit drunk. But, and were you also requesting... I was like 17, like relatively doing pretty well. Yeah, but still when your first meeting with him is the fourth or fifth pub, to him you're drunk. But he's at the pub. He's at the first pub, presumably. And also, were you requesting that he pardon some pirates? Does. Uh, yes, yeah. I was. That, um, <laughs> that he, does make for an awkward conversation. He KB'd Did you threaten me? his life? Yes. And then did you shake hands because you're friends? We're friends, my mates. Just a, little yeah. little, just a little fun. I don't know about him, Doyle. Sometimes he says good stuff. I like how he wants to keep Melbourne open and um, not signify it by closing up the nightlife and stuff. But mm. then he also is pretty... Messed up in some of his beliefs about, you know, rights of people and stuff. Yeah, so I'd probably take the rights of people <laughs> but over he does, being able to go to a bar at two like, I mean, he likes, he likes Melbourne being able to party. Yeah, but I'd like everybody to be able to party. Yeah, that's true. All right. And how does he feel about those pirates? Yeah. I think I think he's he's pretty hard on the pirates. Oh. He's not pro-pirate. Yeah. I'm very pro-pirate. Oh, so am I. Pro-pirate. He's a, yeah. Yeah, look, I'm going to say yes to pirates. Yeah. 17 years after moving to American, I wrote, 17 years <laughs> after moving to America, Junius and Holmes had their ninth child. That's too many kids. And his name was... Gary. No, John Wilkes Booth. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Gary Wilkes Booth. They had another kid after that, but yeah, he was the ninth of ten. My mum is one of nine, so I feel like I'm qualified to say too many kids. My... Uh, was it? Did she say that too? Yeah. My dad's one of 13 or 14, Oof. and uh, that's also a lot of kids, but it's meant for, you know, got a lot of family around me. So much family, it's great. Do I they know? So many There's cousins. definitely pros and cons. Do they know what was causing it? Ah, John <laughs> I reckon Perkins. you've said that, I've heard you say that recently. Oh, I heard you say it recently. I think I said it last week. Two weeks ago about Ernest Shackleton or something like that. Great. Yeah. Very funny stuff. Yeah, good stuff. What was I talking about? Yeah, anyway, he was born on the 10th of May, 1838, in Maryland. It's the land of Mary. Uh, and he was raised on the family farm with his siblings. So his dad's an actor, but they got a little family farm as well. That's nice. Hobby the farm. family farm uh, was tended to by slaves. Okay. So that's a kind of a key thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. He okay. grew up with slaves, saw that as a bit of a right of the white man sure. to have black slaves. Okay, yeah. well, you're painting this assassin in quite a negative light here. Yeah. I mean... And probably Julie So. Julie So. Uh, Booth attended the Milton Boarding School for Boys, of which he was one, and he described uh, he was described as being disarmingly handsome from a young age. Mm. Disarmingly. I've seen photos of it. Definitely attractiveness has changed in the last 150 years, because he, look, he looks like a kind of weird guy with a bad moustache. But anyway, apparently at the but time that was good. disarmingly is such a good way yeah, to describe so good. The, the fact that you would handsome. hold a gun to his head and then see his face and just want to put it down. Yeah, and you do put it down. Wow. And also he's wearing a moustache going against the times. That's interesting. Maybe that was oh. sort of like the freedom-loving uh, North, no moustaches. 
I don't know. That's... No, he's all right. Okay. Jess is Googling. Can you show me, Jess? Yeah, he's a bit of all right. He looks like a, a bit like, a, like in a film adaptation of his life, Orlando Bloom may play him. He looks like... um. Oh, yeah, he's got a bit of... I don't get the Orlando Bloom thing. You don't either. get Orlando Bloom in that? No, I, I get... I don't... I get it. <laughs> I uh, but like... I don't really get why Orlando Bloom is a heart throb either. Looks a little bit like young Albert Einstein. Yeah. Right, you, you're talking about a lot of nice people. This guy's a relatively bad guy. But, well, I mean, we haven't got to that yet. Relative. All I've said is that he, he enjoys slaves. Well, you know, which pub were you at? The theory of relativity, bad guy. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, he made his acting debut at 17 in the role of Earl of Richmond in Shakespeare's play Richard III, oh. or Dick the Turd, as my dad oh. likes to call it when he chuckle, uh, chuckles <laughs> to himself. Very good. Dick the Turd. Dick the Turd. Is that a comp? That's, I imagine that is not his joke. No, but, I've heard that before. But he, I remember as a kid him, and probably me, being very amused by the <laughs> idea. <laughs> I think your dad made it his own. He mm. did. He put it's a little spin delivery, on it. It's on the delivery, yeah. Uh, so apparently he had talent. And he was soon in high demand to tour the country performing the works of Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Looks like everything was... Like, a lot of it was Shakespeare back then, which is weird. We've moved on, uh, obviously. Um, so much so that I've read that he was the first actor in America known to have his clothes torn by fans. Like, Whoa. he was, like, a real pop star in a way. Wow. I'd hate that. To have your clothes ripped yeah, off your back. Yeah, I never want us to get that famous. Man, I'd hate that. Too then, late, Jess. But, no, but then just imagine, okay, your clothes are all torn off. Understandable. Thank you very much. But now what am I going to wear? They, oh, they think they hand you new clothes as well. Oh. It's like a trade. Yeah. Better clothes? Better clothes. It's oh. always an upgrade. Okay. Upgrade, always upgrading. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. You start in a tracksuit and by the end of the day, you are tuxedoing all day long. Armani. Armani. They're, right. they're wealthy fans. Cool. Okay. No, sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. So, absolutely. No, well, I mean, that's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. I mean, don't let them tear them off if they don't have a... a Coat hanger filled with uh, yeah. some sort of designer duds. Sure. Duds means clothes. In the nine... Oh, fuck. In the 1850s... <laughs> fuck. Boothby, in the 1850s, Booth became a member of a group called the Know Nothings, which I love. Sounds like a group you would be a part of. The name originated from uh, the secret organisation of the party. That's a for another poorly worded sentence. But it was like a pretty secretive oh, organisation, right? Like a gang. It'd been organised pretty secretly. No good uh, how I explain that. So apparently the story goes that a member was asked about and he replied, I know nothing about oh, how that all works out. Right. And nothing. the name sort of stuck, right? And in eighteen fifty five, when the group ran for Parliament, they named themselves the American Party. The American Party. Better than the know nothings. Yeah, um, although yep. something about it's funny because there are definitely parties in Australia at the moment that are um, get gaining in popularity that sound like they have similar ideas only with different targets. But the movement was started out of fears that Irish Catholic and German immigrants were threatening America's way of life. Sure, I love it. It's like any time there's always groups of scared people yeah. who think that uh, are afraid of Another whoever group. the other is. Yeah. And it, it's just funny to think now, Irish Catholics and Germans, like, it's like, it's it's harder and harder um, the further you go back to, like, they really, the racism was so specific. Yeah. Now it's just like, it's color of the skin. Back then, they had to look deeper than that. Wow. So in some ways, We've does that make them better or worse? Better. Better. Yeah, they hated more people then. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they hated, they hated a lot of people. Um, so. Wow. 
Yeah, it's fucked. They were better racists back then. But it's an interesting thing because like, that has not gone away in humanity, you know? People being afraid that others are coming in and ruining our thing that we've got because yeah. they're, oh, they're, they're going to ruin what we do, you know? Like, and it usually is not. Well, someone said that when we joined Bloody Planet Broadcasting. Yeah. They said they're going we're, to ruin it. We're going to ruin it. We've got to run these guys out of town before they ruin our podcast. We may do that too. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not always true. Definitely in some podcast cases, <laughs> uh, maybe it is true, and fear is justified. Mm. Membership of the party was restricted to Protestant men only, which is pretty specific. Yeah. Now, but I guess that was sort of. Again, it's funny. Like now, it's like Christians grouped together, but back then, even there was splits in Christians. Like, yeah. We like these kind of Christians, not those slightly different Catholic ones. Um, and one of their main aims was to limit immigration into America. So he was sort of he was he was a bit of a xenophobic mm-hmm. d bag kind of guy. <laughs> Great. Uh, through so, the hey, hey hey, luckily we've moved on from that. So, but I don't. I don't it's funny looking back at these backwards I weirdos know, who are anti-immigration. I feel like I'm so. Happy to be alive in this day and age when none of this ha- that happens anymore. It is yeah. nice. It's just so nice. You get up on your high horse and you laugh at history. <laughs> How we mistreated each other. Never again. No. We've learned. <laughs> we have learned. Haven't we just? Yeah. 150 years. Stuff changes so much. So but have nice. we? I mean, have we? I mean, haven't the Irish and the Germans ruined America like he was worried about? They certainly have. Yeah. In the numerous ways. They ruined it. Coming yeah. on a country I don't live in. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Anyway, we are getting off topic. Through the through the eighteen fifties, Booth's acting career went from strength to strength. I don't think I don't think he was super public about how he was. Like, I don't know if he was that publicly political. Like, he joined that party, but that was a relatively secret organization. I don't think, but I may be wrong because he he was able to cross from the north to the south, and he hung out with people everywhere, you know. And he used that to his advantage in the um, in the Civil War. He he was sort of went undercover for the south. And hung out with pretty important people in the north, and and uh-huh. almost like a double agent sort uh-huh. of thing. It's interesting. Because he used this fame and stuff as well. Pete was a very well known guy, really very was. recognizable face. And is that something these days? Because because his um his acting career was going so well. Uh, of this time, he's been described as being the handsomest man in America. Whoa! Uh, and also a natural genius. Okay. Um. And, uh, is this on johnrooksbooth.org? Yeah, yeah, he wrote this is all in his, his diary. Uh, Dear diary, uh, I am a handsome genius. <laughs> Love Booth. Towards the end of the 50s, uh, he was becoming quite wealthy as well, earning around 20 grand a year, which today is over half a million a year. Whoa. Oh, that's like almost as much as I make. Yeah. That's <laughs> podcast money. That's podcast money. Wow. Dave, are you rich? Hey, I don't like to label it. I like to call myself... Eccentrically affluent. Damn, yeah. what a life. What a life. In 1859, he joined a Virginia militia to assist in the execution of John Brown. Have you heard of John Brown? He was no. a member of the abolitionist movement, keen to um, get rid of slavery. slavery. Abolish it. Oh. And, uh, but he believed that uh, the only way to do it was you know, through violence. Um, and Wait, that was... Brown did? Yeah, Brown did. Ha- violent towards whom? Arm um, the slaves, get ha- oh, make an uprising, shit. you know? Yeah. So um, Brown led a raid on the federal armory at Harper's Ferry with the intention of starting a liberation movement among the slaves there. Wow. Broke in, um, 
in that uh, seven people killed and, and others were injured. But his plan was to arm the slaves with weapons, uh, but unfortunately, or, you know, make your own judgments on that. Uh, the plan, unfortunately for him, I suppose, the plan... Look, I'm talking myself around in knots here. I Obviously, slavery's bad. I'm not 100% sure if the right way to go about it was arming the slaves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I'm well, not sure. No. I don't know enough about it. My gut reaction is that doesn't seem like a nice plan because then there's just going to be more death. Yeah. But I, there's Which something about it that sounds great. pretty awesome as it well. It sounds very... It sounds like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Maybe more... No, maybe more of a uh, Steven Seagal. Yeah. Under Siege 2. Yeah. When he's on a train or a <laughs> that, uh, that bus subtle, or something. subtle difference between Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's there. It's subtle, but it's there. Well, only one of them had a successful blues career, I'm pretty sure. Successful yeah, being relative. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave. Yeah. The plan failed. I'm so sorry. I take it all um, back. He was captured and tried for treason against the Commonwealth of Virginia, as well as the murder of five men and inciting a slave insurrection. Wow. Insurrection. So was he himself a slave? Can sorry. you pronounce that right for me, please? I I... Dave? Insurrection. Great. That's what I said. Was John Adams himself a slave? No, John Brown wasn't John either. Brown. Sorry. John Adams is the second John Brown was a white man uh, who just... He, because you know, the big the big split in America at that point, I guess, or seemingly was people who believed slavery was the right, and the people who thought that's not what America about. America was about freedom. That's what. <laughs> that's it was. not what America about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's slogan. I'm putting it in the. I'm putting it in the words of the day. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's just using old it. English to describe the situation. That ain't America about. About. Oh, I talk good. So yeah, he was he was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to death by hanging. Whoa. Uh so that's when John Wilkes Booth uh went along with that uh with that uh, militia and uh stood there protecting the hanging. They were worried about other abolitionists coming to try and oh, right, free right, right, ground. Right, okay. So he he was there at the time, saw him get hanged. He mm. uh and he was totally for it, but he did and he, he he's glad he died and that sort of stuff because it was, it was everything he was against. Oof. But he did kind of admire how um, Brown just copped it. He's like, all right, dead, tough, toughed it out sort of thing. And wow. also also read that um, he sort of appreciated how he just he went after the thing he believed in, you know. But imagine being glad that someone was dead. That's a weird... That's such a weird thing. It like, is there's a weird lots thing. of people that I disagree with. Heaps. Yeah, I don't think it's ever good. But I wouldn't be like, ah, ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah. Hooray. It's too hot to be thinking about such. Have we mentioned that it's it's still hot hot in in Melbourne? (laughs) In the summertime, who would have thought it? It's so hot in the studio. Stop it, February. I feel like I'm melting. My energy levels are just, I could just fall asleep. In 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected as the 16th president of the United States. Soon after, Booth wrote a long speech making clear his support for the South and of slavery, but apparently he never made this speech publicly. He just wrote it down. <laughs> what, did he just look in the mirror and say it? And that's a speech? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder, if, he, I wonder if he had any thought at any stage, because in the end, obviously, he didn't care, but maybe at some point he's like, no, this won't be good for my acting career, like choosing a side publicly. But he was so passionate about it, so why would he... I'm not sure. Or maybe he thought thought I'm more valuable when people don't know. He probably just wanted to keep making money. Making money, but also he was, you know, Mm. being the 
when the war started, he was, you know, going to be double agent, that sort of stuff. So, oh, yeah. So you can't really do that if you're very clearly going, Lincoln's fucked. Yeah. Slavery's the best. And the next month, you're like, hello, Abraham Lincoln. I would. Very happy to be your assistant. Yeah, what do you want to tell me about your tactics? The following year, the Civil War began with 11 states seceding from the Union. In Maryland, where Booth was from, they decisively voted against leaving the Union, but they also voted to uh, not allow federal troops to pass south via their railway. Right, so they're like... When we're not seceding, but we also are kind of we're not going to help the North. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're trying to stay neutral, I guess. But th- their state was a very key route for the North to get down to the South, and 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 it made the war oh. almost um, unwinnable for the North, or, or made it very hard, difficult for them to oh, wow. to get a win there. So um, by them uh, deciding to not allow them through. By rail, they basically forced Lincoln's hand in some ways. I mean, you could argue this or or not, but he um, suspended the writ of habeas corpus, imposing martial law in parts of the state, which allowed the imprisonment of many of the political leaders of Maryland, basically without a charge. Yeah, trial trial by jury, that kind of thing. Yeah, that means right. So he sort of taken away their rights to a a fair, quick and fair trial, um, which meant that they could go on. um, They could. Use the trains. Choo-choo. Booth and others saw this move as, as a little unconstitutional, which well, probably, to be honest, probably it is. definitely is. It is. Yeah. And that's the Not thing, that like... I'm super familiar with the Constitution, but it does feel a bit like I, I'm i happy to... I'm using the law as long as it favours me and then I'm going to... Yeah, is it all right to ever do that? That's I, the thing. To, yeah. give up your, to take away the rights Is it the ends justify your rights, yeah. the means? It feels like... It's a tricky one. Yeah. Because it's Gray like area. that was for the fight against slavery. I know, but at the same time. But at the same yeah, time, when you start you doing that, then mm, does where it, does it stop? Exactly. It doesn't protect you in the long run. In 1862, Booth made his New York debut in the lead role in Dick the Turd, being <laughs> as Dick the Turd. He was the, the dick. He was the big he dick. He was the dick. He the definitely it feels like uh, he could play that role. <laughs> <laughs> the role of the dick. A Very a, good. He's a bit of a dick. And Richard III's also a bit of a, an evil, conniving character. Being described at the time in the New York Herald as a veritable sensation, he achieved national praise as an up-and-comer, and in the days leading up to uh, the Gettysburg Address in 1963, President Abraham Lincoln attended a performance of the play uh, the Marble Heart at Ford's Theatre, which Dave mentioned earlier. In the play, John Wilkes Booth played the villain. Oh. So he saw him play a villain. Yeah. <gasps> and was it called The Marble? It was called The Marble Heart. Marble Heart. And according to author Harold Holzer, during the play, Booth directed many of his villainous lines toward the presidential box where Lincoln was sitting. <laughs> And, uh, How can you tell? And well, apparently, uh, this led to Lincoln's companion, which I think I read was a relative. But anyway, telling him he almost seems to be reciting these lines to you, and the president replied, "He does look pretty sharp at me, doesn't he?" Apparently, weird. Wow. And then everyone else said, "Shh, I'm trying to fucking watch the show. <laughs> it's cost a fortune." But fuck. Apparently, Lincoln was paranoid about his death a fair bit. He said a few times that um, if someone wants to kill me, they will. If they want, and especially if they're willing to give their life for mine, 
there's nothing really I can do to stop him. So he didn't he didn't have like heaps of security, and that wasn't necessarily common at the time anyway. People could walk in and out of the White House, and and he'd go to public events a lot. He he often went to the theater. He found that a bit as a bit of a refuge during the Civil War, and and um, sort of just a place to I guess to get away from it all. Get away from it all and have actors yell lines at you. Wow. Um, My dog. Is he talking to me? <laughs> Oh, Lincoln, your dog! Lincoln. Okay, that one felt like yeah, that. Yeah, that felt... All right, I've seen this uh, Shakespeare before and I've never heard this line before. I don't before. think there's anybody called Lincoln in this. Lincoln, your fucking dog. Yeah, you, President Lincoln, sitting up there, row yeah. A, A, B. I'm talking to you. A, B. I meant, like, <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> I don't know if that'd be, like, good of a seat. A, A, B. Double A, B. They've gone through the A's so much. It's A, 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 B. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lincoln, get back in the box, you dog. A, 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 B. What? There were budget cuts. This theatre had seated 67,000 I read and heard multiple historians say that despite going on to become a cold hard killer, as I'm sorry about the spoiler. Uh, Booth was not a madman. They reckon he wasn't like he was a psychopath or anything like that, from what I uh, read from some say. Um, but it does seem that he was clearly a white supremacist. And, um, yeah, it was really hated the abolishing of slavery. That was one of the big things he didn't like. And also, um, he didn't like uh, the government having more power, the federal government having more power, like they were trying to do. It's interesting because would you do you know what party... Uh, Lincoln was a member of. I have a clue. It's one of the current ones. Is it shifted the other way that he was a Republican? He's a Republican, I yeah. was going to say Republican. Oh, my God. Always trust your gut. Damn it. It's going to say Republican, and then I was like, I'm going to sound like an idiot. I won't say it. I'll just say I don't know. I don't think, yeah, I don't know Fuck. if you necessarily sound like an idiot on that one. Fuck. It's another country's ancient uh, political history. I don't I know said, if you Yep. Fuck. Good point. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, John Wilkes Booth was one of those people who thought the best country in the history of the world was the United States as it existed before the Civil War. Historian and Booth biographer Terry Alford says. <laughs> and then when Lincoln <laughs> came Terry. along, he was changing that in fundamental ways. So this, this is what was kind of He's pissing He's changing Booth America. Up. He's making America great for the first time. Sure. <laughs> or whatever. Despite clearly being a bit of a fuckhead, Booth was known to commit a few acts of heroism, uh, according to Alfred, saying that one time on stage he saved a young woman whose dress caught on fire, having wandered too close to the gas footlights. <laughs> was I she mean, in the show? Was she just an audience she was in the, member? in the show. <laughs> Please uh, keep your hands within the seats at all times for your own safety. Not like this fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't know if that necessarily makes you a hero that you helped someone who was near you have their dress on fire. I guess... Yeah, he was. Yeah. He wasn't like a, he, he wasn't a scared guy. So he wasn't a coward. Yeah, he well, didn't see fire and go ah! and run away. He did the bare minimum of what you do when someone is on fire. Yeah, but that <laughs> you try and put them out. Alfred, well done, hero. Alfred calls that heroism anyway. Uh, I feel like Alfred's dedicated his life to him and probably tries to get a little bit of good out of him. Yeah, I guess so. You got to find some dark and shade. Dark and shade. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> in night. Oh fuck me. In 1865. <laughs> Booth became involved in a conspiracy to kidnap President Lincoln. So this this is his big plan. This is his plan. Yeah, he wanted to kidnap him. This is during the war. And the North were on top in terms of manpower. The uh, the North had a lot of Southern prisoners. South had a a lot of Northern prisoners as well. But free men left to fight. Uh, The North was ahead. And they they said no to a deal of swapping prisoners. Because they had an advantage if they didn't. Mm. You know, they were starting to wear down the South. So his plan was to kidnap Lincoln and use Lincoln as a pawn to trade for the release of the the South's prisoners, the Confederate um, mm. prisoners. Ah, well, that's a, that's a big use it like a, a a ransom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Booth enlisted a, a a group of six Southern sympathizers. Uh, one of those being a <laughs> hard man and Confederate Army veteran Lewis Thornton Powell, um, who'd been a prisoner but escaped. Uh, and he took on the alias of Lewis Payne, who he seems to be often... I like what's, that. Yeah, what's right. the uh, most under-the-radar name that I can think of? Lewis Payne. Madman Payne. <laughs> Lewis, I've got a gun, Payne. <laughs> Definitely uh, going to kill the President Payne. So he seemed to be referred... But I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to kidnap him, so I've really thrown them off the scent there. <laughs> but I'm going to uh, inflict pain. Uh, so Powell, I'm going to call him Powell, so often people call him Payne, but anyway, Powell was connected uh, to the white power movement directly via his cousin. The white Powell movement. <laughs> Confederate General John B. Gordon, I was going to call him John B. Goodman. Johnny B. Good. John B. Gordon, uh, who was also the head of George's Ku Klux Klan. Oh. Um, some of the people in the group at this stage included John Surratt, a 21-year-old Confederate spy. Uh, and his mum, Mary Surratt, who uh, owned the Maryland Tavern and a boarding house that was used as a meeting place by the crew, amongst a few others. Um, Booth's gang of Confederate operatives and sympathisers set themselves for the kidnapping in March 1865 um, in Washington, D.C. They knew that uh, Lincoln was due to, for a visit at this hospital. Um, and they took up the position on the road on the way to that hospital. It would have been good back in those days. It's like, well, we'll go by the 
the road, the only road that gets to yeah, this place. Yeah, one road. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, their plan failed as Lincoln changed his plans late and attended another function instead. He used the other road. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about it. And they would have waited well oh, beyond. Like 12 hours. Yeah, it it's like, like 3 a.m. They're like, do you reckon he's coming? Know if he's... That's wow. boring. Uh, Booth attended the White House around a month later where he saw Lincoln give a speech. Um, Lincoln scholar Hugh Boyle, I'm going to be quoting a little bit from now on, has said that Booth was enraged as he listened to Lincoln talk about how black men should have the right to vote as well. So not only get rid of slavery, but also make them citizens, basically. Real humans. Real humans. Wow. Uh, and that, that just ground that his gears. really pissed off Booth. Oh. What? What do you mean? That's the opposite of what I want. Ugh. You know, that sort I of stuff. I feel so little sympathy for this guy. Yeah, I know. Well, you were calling him a babe before. You fucking That has weirdo. nothing to do with his... Have you turned on him? <laughs> From when you loved him before. Sounds like he turned on you. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. We believe, uh, <laughs> we believe that Booth made up in his mind about the assassination on that day. This is still uh, old mate. Oh, that was the day he was like, I'm not going to kidnap him. I'm going to fucking murder him. Apparently he turned to Powell at that, or Payne, Powell. Turned to Payne. I'm going to call it, maybe I'll call him Payne. Turned to Powell and said, sorry, what's your name again? Yeah, was it (laughs) You keep changing it. It's very confusing. (laughs) Can I just call you Louie? Can can I? Louie, Louie. That's Payne. But apparently he turned to Powell and said, that's the last speech Lincoln will ever give. Oh, creepy. And then. And and Payne said, Pardon? Pardon, it's very loud here. And he's like, well, that's not going to have the impact it had the first time, is it? Fuck. Don't worry about it, Louis. Don't worry about it. Fuck. Two of these, one of these. Louis, use them in that. I'm pointing at my ears and my mouth. (laughs) Two mouths and one a year? Is that what Matt was pointing at? Uh, There's two mouths. So the new plan, and this was was, um, put together pretty quickly within a few days, was to kill three of the big dogs in the Lincoln leadership team. One of those being Lincoln. Sounds a bit like the new plan might be just not letting him do speeches anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's That'll gonna... be the last speech he ever does. What are you going to do? I'm going to take his mic. You're going to turn his microphone off forever. What, you kill him? What? No. What? what? Oh, my God. You're crazy. I'm not a murderer. Turning oh. his microphone off? Isn't I'm that a, a technician. euphemism? I'm an audio technician. I'm what do you think Turn the mic off. Turn the mic off. That'll piss him off. <laughs> piss him no one will hear him. It'd be great. He'll back, still talk, but no one will know. Back now, in the 1800s, there's only one mic in America. And I'm the guy only, who looks after that mic. There's two roads, one mic. Everyone knows that. Oh, two roads, one mic is a great uh, show title. Two roads, one mic. Yeah. It's just a picture of you on the cover, hitchhiking, with <laughs> yeah. the microphone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. Look out for that in 2018. So during the 72 hours after he made the decision to assassinate on April the 11th, Booth... Organised Powell, guy named Alsterot. That's uh, no, not a name. Uh, He's terrible at coming up with aliases. <laughs> um, um, yes. I'm paying. Gonna... What's yours? Alsterot. Okay. Just <laughs> Let's just call take him George. That at... All right, George. Georgie boy. And David Herald. Dave, George. And who's the... they're going to take out the top three. So is that like Abraham and his right hand? Uh, so, yes. I'm get, getting into that now. So, um, Booth's... Was put his hand up for Lincoln, and his plan was to do it at the Ford Theatre. Uh, Powell was going to kill, or Payne was going to kill Secretary of State William Seward at his home. Oh. And I saw that apparently uh, Booth went to the, his house and just wrote it. There's a note that just saw a photo of it, just said, uh, you know, this is 
John Wilkes Booth famous uh, actor. Just wondering if you're going to be home. Uh, cheers, basically. Something what? Like that. Really? Yeah, some of like that. Um, and Astaroth was to kill Vice President Andrew Johnson. Wow. They were all going to happen at 10.15, exact same time, synchronize your watches. And the idea of that was so that, you know, if they killed one, then obviously the other ones would be be fearful. Oh, and oh, But also right, be um, notified. notified and ready to, you know, they might have more um, guards or whatever. So more do, than it, none. do it at the exact same minute. Wow. Bef- oh, shit, I'm five seconds late. Well, it looks like he lives. I bought the plan. I've read this in different ways. Uh, this happened at different times, either before or after or during he was at the theatre. But according to Boyle, Booth stopped in um, at a salon. Booth stopped in at a saloon. At <laughs> a salon. <laughs> right, he stopped in. He got his hair done. Quick trim. Then he got a drink. Got his moustache works and that sort of stuff. <laughs> Can you say quick trim again? Quick trip. <laughs> quick trim. Quick trim, sorry. All right, great. The words you actually said. Very yep. funny. I'm doing quick very trim. well. Quick trim. Uh, just stopping in for a quick trim. Um, just a little bit off the top and the sides. Oh, I mean, don't you, I fucking hate that question of the hairdressers. So, well, what can I do? Obviously, they've got to ask that question, but I always just say, just make it shorter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck, I don't so know. Just take it all back. And, oh, and, and the they ask you these questions like you're some sort of hair expert. Do you want it to blend into the fade or are you happy to have this bit here? And you're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it make me look slightly less shit. My three uh, haircuts a year, I go to a mate and I just go, look, I trust your mate, just... Don't make it look fucked. And he goes, but apparently, you know, the fashion has been for the last couple of years around Melbourne, especially in a city, Melbourne with guys, is like that real short cut around these sides. Mm-hmm. A bit more dramatic than you and not not a fade or whatever you just said there. Is that what the fade is? I think, yeah, so it fades in. Blend. No blend, right? Just a hard line oh, yep. and then a bit longer on the top. And he was talking about how that's what he does 90% of the day is he does that haircut. And yeah. he, he's like, I don't like it, but I'll, I'll you know, he'll do mine differently or whatever. As you can tell, pretty good haircut. You don't have that. I don't have a haircut because um, I haven't had one in about six months. But he he goes, they ask for, they always describe the same thing and they take minutes to describe it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he points to this photo he's got on a frame <laughs> on the desk of Bert from Bert and Ernie on the Muppets. He goes, that's what you want, isn't it? And they're, they're, he's like, they always sort of sheepishly go, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. that is pretty much, yep. That's great. That's so oh, good. It's so brutal. Bert. Every time. Well done. Oh, it's you like want, it's like you want the Bert. He just like, taps I'm sh- it. I'm goes. sure he had like there's there's all sorts of like hair magazines that he could take out and get the proper a photo. legit yeah yeah. But instead he's like you want Bert. You want you want the Bert. You want to look you? like a Muppet. And he lets him talk for like three minutes. Yeah. Like, and then yeah, mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Do you want this? <laughs> oh fuck. Yes. I'm Bert. Basically, my, that's fucking Bert. My hairdresser is my sister-in-law, and I just go to her and go fix it. That's what I wish I could she say. She just does it. I reckon you can if you go to the right person. You just need to go to a regular person and just go, you know, I trust you, do whatever. Yeah. I just wear a hat all the time anyway. It doesn't really matter. Maybe start wearing hats. Hats look your hat looks on me. Your hat hair looks great. This, this I really, you're, you've never looked better. That video on your YouTube channel with long hair is the worst. <laughs> Oh and you've progressively gotten better since then. And now as I can't you should, even... As you should get better. But I, I can't even... I cannot even... You are a different... That guy and you... I can't, I've never seen someone improve that much over 10 years. Thank you. So this... I wow. Imagine how bad it looked before, Jess. No, I know what you looked like and it wasn't that bad. But what a lovely thing to say. Do I, so, just sorry. Just oh to God, I don't know what narrow I'm in on this. Do I, I look... 
good now or just oh, a lot no, less no, shit? No, 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 I'm not. Right. Thank oh, you. No, 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 Thank no. You. I'm sorry that I, that you wasn't. You did not throw the word good around. <laughs> so on a scale no, of yeah. one to John Wilkes Booth, how am I looking? Oh, I, look, I don't see Booth, but I do see Warnicky. I see it. I that get it. When people say disarmingly handsome Dave Warnicky, I go, yeah, I see that. Oh, big time. You'll put the gun down for me. I'll put, yeah, lay down your guns, baby, and surrender. That's what I do. I wouldn't know why anybody eyes. would have a gun. What? <laughs> Before... <laughs> That so was, yeah, that, that to was, your eyes. It was not a cut. Matt. So Just... in the sal- in the in the saloon salon bar. Yeah. <laughs> so he got a quick trim, but also a drink. Oh, so yeah. one of those ones where they cut your hair and give you a beer. Oh yeah. Apparently he normally drank. I think he normally drank gin or something like that. But on this night, for some reason, he had a whiskey. Sure. Special uh, occasion. Unexplained why uh, as to why, but he had that. So apparently, according to Boyle, someone recognised him there uh, as the actor. Uh, John, John Wilkes Booth. Oh. And said to him... No, it is I, John Wilkes Payne. Apparently, and I never believe these things. It's like, when was this noted down? No one's yeah. recording all these conversations. All these things like Lincoln in the booth saying, yeah, he did look sharply at me, didn't he? Like, yeah. when was that, um, like, recorded? Anyway, whatever. I, um... Uh, apparently, he said, uh, the, the guy I recognised him said, you're not the actor your father was. Right, Oof. which is a fair burn. But, and apparently he said in reply, when I leave the stage, I'll be the most famous man in America. Wow. So he's sort of just saying, I'm about to do something pretty big. Like kill the president. When I leave the stage, I'll have killed the president. Fuck. <laughs> I said it out loud. said a little too much. I was meant oh, to God. say something mysterious. But only I got, and I'm chuckling oh, away. Oh, oh, no, shit. no, hang on. The bit I was meant to say in my head, I said out loud, and the bit oh, I said out no. no. Can you forget that? Hang on, start that again. Say the, the f- thing about me not being as good as my dad. Say that again. <laughs> and the official biographer in the corner taking all these notes yeah. down is like, like oh. this is a pretty juicy story. <laughs> Thank but God I won't I was tell here. the president. No. I won't tell him. No. It's only going to be a juicy story if it actually it turns out to be true. Like one of that, that Twitter account that's tweeting, uh, making predictions about Beyonce being pregnant, Trump being um, winning the presidency. And then some people are now just saying, yeah, it probably just predicted like 10,000 things and deleted everything that didn't smart come true. Smart if it did. There you go. Oh, smart. So around uh, 9.30, a booth arrives 9:30. at the rear entrance. Do, do you mean 1830? <laughs> 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 8.30 would have been funnier, Dave, but no, it wouldn't have been. No, oh, see, it wouldn't have made as much sense. Oh, it's good when we have to explain jokes. So at around 9.30 p.m., uh, booth arrived at the rear of the theatre. Some people said he went through the theatre earlier, went to a bar, and that's where that other thing happened. It doesn't matter. Whatever. I I'm not 100% on all these details. Did... Is anyone here for the fine details? <laughs> sure, everyone. Okay, You're great. You're getting weirdly defensive when neither of us have said I'm anything or to... looked at you differently. I'm talking to our, I got a question. I got a question. Oh. Did the barber just tap the photo of Ernie? He tapped it. He, <laughs> he tapped went, it. Bert. Well, that's it. I'm going to go kill the president. You're not going to get an Ernie haircut. Ugh. Yeah. Very similar, though. No, Ernie was big at the time. That's why it's come for oh, 100, in 150 years. It's gone from Bert all the way to Ernie. I thought you'd fucked up, but you were being clever. I'm so sorry. He definitely wasn't. He definitely wasn't being clever on any level. So he arrives at the theatre at the rear entrance, right? He's got a horse which he's just picked up. <laughs> apparently horses were hard to find at the time, but he got this one-eyed horse who apparently was very quick. And the guy... <laughs> what? Who... Sorry, you said the story... Apparently, he arrived at the theatre, went through the back door. Now he's on a horse. Now the horse has got one eye. Now the horse is hard to find. What's going on? I didn't say any of those things. You misheard all of those just slightly, but that's fine. Anyway, he's got a horse, right? Mm-hmm. He's ridden there. And it has one eye. Back door. Apparently, got one eye. Because I think because they're all being used in the war, I guess this one was... 
probably dishonorably discharged for only having one eye. Probably honorably. Whatever. It did only have one eye, so it wasn't in the war. <laughs> the dishonor of having one eye. I think, look, that's what I understand. Anyway, shut up. Okay, no, good on you. And anyway, so he, he gets there and his friend, right, because he's, he's performed with this theory a lot. He knows everyone there. Of course. They, none of them are thinking... Oh, uh, what the fuck Who's is this? this? Guy? But he's, he's not like on. Job. He's not on that night. But he's not on that night. Right. But he's like, he calls out to his mate um, named Ned Spangler. You shit. He goes, hey, hey, mate, come Ned. out here. He's like a carpenter and, and um, you know, works at the bloody joint. But he's meant to be, you know, working on the show. So he comes out and he goes, hey, mate, I need you to hold my horse, right? I need you to hold my horse. He's like, I can't hold your fucking horse. I, I got, I'm working trip. on the show, right? But he boots in, and he so Spangler's called another dude, a uh, guy who apparently his nickname was Peanut John. I guess he probably sold peanuts. Um, real name Burroughs. In the theatre, Peanut John. Loved that. Anyway, right. he came and he held the horse. Uh, Spangler went back to work, whatever. So, so Peanut John has a lot less to do. So boots in. Well, the people have got their peanuts. <laughs> He's Every- done until interval. Everyone got their peanuts? I can help you. <laughs> From there, he's sort of he, he's in the theatre, right? And he sort of weaved his way through under the theatre, through side doors. He knows it back to front, yeah. basically. And he finds himself uh, behind the presidential box. In his hand, he's got a gun <gasps> with one bullet. With Whoa! one with one eye. <laughs> yes. And he's also he's got one eye. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the hole at the top. Great. Just wanted to... The old one-eyed gun. Just wasn't sure if guns had changed that much. Okay. <laughs> they hadn't. That, but, I mean, now you'd probably have one with multiple bullets. And multiple eyes. You're putting a lot That's of... very dramatic to just have the one. Yeah. Like, you're really backing yourself, so aren't you? one bullet. He knew this play back to front, right? And he knew that this very funny line was coming up. He knew when it happened and it was the big laugh in the show. Ah. So, on that, he went in knowing that they wouldn't hear him open the door and go in <gasps> under the cover of the big laugh, which was some bad pun joke or something oh, that I didn't the, get. Imagine the actor fucked the line that night. Yeah. No one laughed. He walks in... And everyone turns and looks at him. Yeah. He's just like, got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back. Sorry, I can see you're busy. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'll come back. What's this? Nothing. No. So all of a sudden, he's right behind the president. Peanuts? <laughs> peanut. That's not your job. That's Walk, Peanut John. Walks right up to him. One bullet, back of the head. Bang. Really? And he's down. Pandemonium in the theatre when they, the people are realising. So here the, the bullet. Lincoln's wife he had his her hand in his, apparently. But, I mean, these are things that who knows how accurate they all are. But apparently, so she knew straight away something was wrong, like her husband was dead. And <laughs> He starts squeezing her. Oh, my God, he's squeezing it so hard. I think he's just been shot in the back of the head. He hits the deck um, and the, all hell breaks loose. People are squealing. His wife's screaming. Someone's saying, the president's been shot. The president's been shot. There's a doctor, young surgeon, 23-year-old guy. In the audience, he rushes up, he, uh, he checks, he's not breathing, he's dead, right? Tries to resuscitate him, then he puts his hand on his head, sort of feeling through his hair until his fingers go into a gaping hole in the back of the head where he finds the wound, some blood gushes out and the president comes back to life. What? So like some, I guess some blockage or something happens. I don't know about science and shit or medical stuff. He's back alive. What? He's just like What? Up. He sort of, well, like his heart starts beating again and that sort of stuff, you know? Um, oh, my God. I did not ev- know that. Everyone, like the doctor and others in there at that stage. So maybe like today, potentially medical him. science could have saved him. Yeah. But at that stage, they're like, it's too full on. It's a big Whoa. bullet. The bullet's lodged behind his eye. He's, <gasps> um, 
he's in a lot of strife, right? But they're like, this is not the place for him to die. So they pick him up and take, lift him up, take him out oh, no. onto the street. And they're like, we've got to find a bed from him. There's a hotel across the road. And the hotelier sees what's going on. He goes, I've got a bed. Come over here. They take him he's upstairs. He's got heaps, actually. Yeah, he's got, he's got heaps. heaps of beds. But he's got one presidential suite, luckily. Oh, thank goodness. Um, and they, they put him in the bed and he lives for a while, has a lot of visitors come through. No. Is he Never conscious? comes to. Right. Uh, but he's still, you know, he's still technically alive. Um, people get to say goodbye, that sort of stuff. And the next day he dies. Wow. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, did I? I just thought it was a good night. Yeah. And did the people at the theatre get a refund? Uh, yes. David. Yes, did, yes. Because that would be pretty Did they really? <laughs> I, I would doubt it. <laughs> but apparently they were pretty upset about it. Um, yeah, because so, and, and so that was... Yeah, because the show is on the... They don't know how it ends. They don't know it back to front I mean, like they John did, They got the big laugh. But yeah, that is good. A couple of thousand people just stoked at the same time, just cackling. Oh. Wow, I didn't know that. At the same time? Yeah, where's John Wilkes gone? Uh, okay, yeah, great. All right, you want to know that? He, oh, sorry, uh, sorry, you want to No, say? no, no, good point. Uh, Lincoln was, he couldn't get, he asked like apparently like a bunch of people to come with him that night. His wife was feeling a bit ill. She got migraines a lot and wasn't kind of keen to pull out of the plans. But Lincoln, the war had ended just recently. Lincoln was feeling really good. He'd mm-hmm. had a date, uh, date afternoon with his wife. They went out in a carriage ride. She was like, he'd. He seemed like such a big weight had lifted. She was re- they were loving each other's company, and they felt like you know they got Aww. through a obviously a tough time. The war was coming to an end. It was some say it was over. There was some fighting still going on, but it was basically over by this stage. Um, and so he was keen to go, basically celebrate yeah. his hair down a bit. She was kind of keen not to. He couldn't take the hat off. He he wanted to bring. He wanted to go with uh, some others, but he couldn't. No one was. No one was up for it. <laughs> That yes, we have the no president. No one wants to hang out with the president. Imagine the president not being able to find someone to mm-hmm. hang out with. But him. at the at the last minute, he found a couple. One of them was a, a an army type. Yeah. Um. So this guy was sitting there as well. Have you ever met them? He before? grabbed Books. Books. <laughs> Booth. Wow. John Wilkes Booth. By the boots. Uh, he, so he shot Lincoln in the back of the head. This army man grabbed him by the jacket. Uh, Booth pulls a knife <gasps> out of his jacket and shoves it through. Um, Army man, sorry, I don't know his name. Sorry, sir. Um, oh. Through his arm, above the uh, above his elbow, so I think below his shoulder, above his Whoa. elbow, and pushing him against the wall. Blood streaming out. Booth goes to jump from the balcony, which is sort of over the stage, onto the stage. Um, oh wow! Army man grabs him by the jacket, um, so he jumps a bit off, but it's like a twelve foot leap Holy to the stage. So it's a big shit. jump. So, so Booth lands on the stage, sort of hurts himself, but I guess his adrenaline would be fucking going oh, yeah, through the roof yeah, yeah, of that yeah. stage. Just shot the president. Fight or flight. He'd be, he'd a guy be fine he, for now. He hates and he just totally Whoa. disagrees with. So much so that he killed him. And he, he goes, Sick Semper Tyrannus. Um, Jess, as a Latin expert, oh, can yes. you uh, translate for us? So, what was it? Sick Semper Tyrannus. Un, uh, unwell Spider. Tyrannus, tarantula. My God, that's that doesn't seem to make any sense in the he, situation. He, but he I... said, "Thus always to tyrants." Yeah, that's what I meant. I guess he's, he's calling <laughs> Lincoln a tyrant, and uh, this is how and it goes. And a spider. He runs runs oh. out the back. Horses waiting for him. Jumps on with a broken leg. Escapes wow. town. He's out. He made it away. Peace. Peace. Wow. Right. So that's that's Booth. He got away out of a crowded theater like that. 
that all happened, and then obviously. And there's Peanut Man just being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I guess Sees he would have been. Jump on a horse. All right, see ya. Um, Do you want any nuts? So at the same time, take that as a no. Bye. See you next week. Tell you what was nuts. The happenings in the theater just now. He's got no idea what's happened. He goes back in. Anyone? Anyone want some nuts? A bit of commotion in here. Third act did not go well. Two for one. Is everyone screaming? So Payne and Harold got to the home of Secretary Seward. Oh uh, yeah, the other guys. So they wanted the, oh. at the same time, ten fifteen. They were trying to do it as well. Um, Harold. Waited outside with the horses. That was a slightly better plan. It's so funny that Booth was just by himself, even though he was kind of in this mini gang. Um, And Powell went at the front door, Payne went at the front door with a gun and a a knife. Uh, He he just pushed his way into the house, went up to the stairs, and just started stabbing away, apparently. What? And missed. Just kept missing. (laughs) No. He got disturbed by Seward's son, Frederick. Uh, Powell tried to shoot, Payne's tried to shoot him in the head, uh, but the gun didn't the, fire. Tries to shoot the son or the... So he beat him across the head, no, the uh, sewer. Oh, right. Um, oh, God. He also fought with a nurse and a daughter. <laughs> it's all gone wrong. <laughs> he did slash the Secretary of State uh, with the knife, though, got him in the face, and he was bleeding, and he got him pretty good, but he didn't kill him, right? Um, Whoa. <laughs> and this the guy just out the front with the horse going... Doesn't sound like it's going well in there. But I'll still wait here. Oh, wait. Apparently, Harold ran away. He was like, fuck. He shot himself and he, he wanted the guy waiting with the horses. Did he legit poo himself? <laughs> I think he legit, legitimately did. Pain. Um, and who recorded that? <laughs> the pain. official biographer? So, his wife when she did yeah. the bloody laundry. Can I check your pants? <laughs> oh, this is going in the diary. They've got them and they're still at the on display at a museum <laughs> locally. Um, so, Pain. Apparently he was just like, what the fuck? And he was wandering around town and he slept under a tree, sort of slept rough and he... Oh, because the guy ran out on him. Yeah. The other guy, so that one was not a success. He stabbed him in the face and he fucked it. And he he ended up surviving, he recovered. He could have gone either way, I think, but he he came good. The other one, George Atsterot, had a gun. He uh, went to the vice president's um, uh, where, where he was staying. And, um, but he, or he bailed, he chickened out sort of, he couldn't, or, or he either chickened out or decided he, he didn't want to do it or whatever. Wow. But he bailed. But he bailed on it. So that one didn't even get close to happening. Wow. So. Now John Wilkes going to feel like a real idiot. <laughs> I really think it feels like a real idiot. It's the one that stuffed it. Yeah, true. Pain. More so than John Wilkes Booth. Booth got away. Um, he was. I mean, I feel like I'm going to wrap this up quickish. But anyway, he got away. He was out of town. He was in hiding for a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, He started writing his diary. He asked for some newspapers because he thought, he's like, I'm a bloody hero. Yeah. At least to the south. I'm going to be seen as a hero here. Got the papers. Was disappointed to find out that he was almost universally um, negatively... Received. Got a, Interesting. Got a bad review. Interesting. Got a bad review. Couldn't yeah. handle a bad review, hey, Ugh. John? Would I you... know what that's like. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that time you killed the president, and got a bad review. Yeah, I was like, oh fuck off. Two stars. That was at least three. It was a good murder. Fucking hell. Other people involved in the in the getaway, including there was a doctor, Doctor Samuel Mudd. I've, I've read like his relative, his ancestors are still sort of say he he didn't know what he was doing. Um, he sort of, but others say that he he. Um, aided and abetted him on his getaway. 
So whether or not he knowingly did that is up for some debate. Right, right. But it was a pretty famous story, I yeah. imagine. He's just killed... The, a famous actor has just shot the president. Yeah. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio shooting Donald Trump now. It, it'd be a huge story. Yeah. A, yeah. I was thinking about that, you know, like what happened with this. Like, you know, people hate Trump. People love him, like Lincoln. I don't... Do you think people... I reckon there would be people who'd be celebrating Trump's assassination. But I don't think... I think, like we were talking about before, that's not good for democracy. No, it That isn't. can't be the answer, and people can't celebrate that, even if you fully disagree with someone. And I, I guess that's how people would see it. Mm. Again, it would be similar to this and, and the killer would be like, hey, what, what do you, I thought we all hated Trump. Yeah. yeah it's not, like, yeah, we hate him, but we just want him we to wanna, not be in we want power now. next time for someone else to get more votes. I yeah. What can be said is that there'd be a lot of think pieces about the topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why you Hot should takes. feel bad about yeah. Donald Trump's murder. Yeah, yeah. So funny how many th- those things go in waves where it'll be like people going, "Yeah, fuck you," and then other people going, "Hey, that is not right. We uh, we've overdone it." And then think pieces about the think pieces going. Mm. Look, I think we. Uh, it's, I'm just going off how Star Wars was received anyway last year. <laughs> people loved it, and then they're like, "I think we, you jumped to the conclusion that it was a great Star Wars movie too early." On reflection, here's what's wrong with it, and, and then other people going. I think you're being a bit harsh on it. You're oh. trying to be the... Then there'd be a think piece comparing why Donald Trump's murder is similar to Star Wars The Force Awakens. That would be a BuzzFeed one, piece. I think. Yeah. Here are the five reasons. Yeah. He was, he was eventually found. There was a shootout. Oh. And uh, he, even though he was told that the instruction was to get him alive, um, he got killed. The guy killed him said... He was a really religious guy. Said God told me to. He's like, don't you weren't meant to kill him. God told me to kill him. And God overrides the chief of police. I'm pretty sure he does. So that's why I made my decision. If you want to speak to, want to speak God, to God, please you, feel free. Do you want me to put him on? Was, uh, put him on. I should probably say the name of the of the guy who killed him. It was God, uh, Union Sergeant <laughs> Jesus H Christ, <laughs> aka Boston Corbett. Um, he shot him through the neck. Oh. Booth survived. God, for, God told me to shoot him through the neck. Booth survived for quite a few hours, um, but he he died much later. Kind of painful death, I guess. You know, medicine wasn't great then, as God would have wanted. Um, medicine to not be great back then. Yeah, and I think it, otherwise he would have made it great. Yeah, guys, <laughs> checks out. <laughs> so there was a massive um, investigation that went into it. Uh, took Harold into custody. The guy, you know, the the guy ran ran off. Mm-hmm. Uh, arrested. The guy that pooed himself. Powell Payne, yep. As to Rod, the guy who just didn't did nothing. Pretty yep. much, they, it got everyone who was involved from the start. They saw it all as being one thing. The initial attempt to kidnap, all the way to the murder. That was all one plot, as it yeah. was seen. Um, Mary Surratt, who owned the... Oh, yeah, the uh, hotel where they had a meeting. Uh, Did doc- she get in trouble? Yeah. Dr. Samuel Mudd, Samuel Arnold, Michael O'Loughlin, and Edmund Spangler. Edmund Spangler, the guy who goes... I'm working on the play. I need someone else to grab oh, the horse. He shit. was. He got in trouble. Yeah. For giving him a one-eyed horse. Yeah. Well, because he knew. He didn't give him the he, one-eyed horse. He, he knew. Held, he, did, he was supposed he, to hold the horse. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He also saw Booth early that night. Um, he was seen like it, at first they thought it was all an inside job. The actors in the play that night were under suspicion and held. Holy um, shit. Oh, wow. But Spangler, so the guy who said, I can't hold your horse, I've got to do a job. Yes. He was... Did he get in trouble? He was arrested and found guilty. Oh, my God. He was later pardoned um, oh, by the goodness. next president, but 
But he already spent time in jail. Oh wow! What about Peanut? But like, but all Peanut, the... yeah, nothing with Peanut. Peanut, what? he's already he actually hold the, the yeah. fucking hoard. Like, yeah, but oh, that's so weird. But who else is going to give out peanuts at the Ford Theatre? But it's like, it's like if we were here, where a lot of comedians, so our colleagues, are around, and if someone was like, "Hey, can you just hold the door open?" For yeah, me? you just fully I've got to carry them. something. But yeah, man, no worries. But you know how that would look at the same time? It would be like, uh, was this planned? You were organised to do that, and, and you'd be like, "No, I had fucking no idea." I just happened to be well, here. To be fair, if Andy Matthews said, "Can you hold my horse?" I'd have some questions. Yeah, but I wouldn't assume he's going to kill it'd be ba- Today, that would be, I've got to run in. Hey, can you, do you mind parking the car? Yeah. And keeping the motor running. And, uh, yeah, and no, yeah, that is a bit sus. I'm about and being to, ready I'm about... to take off very quickly. And then he's holding a gun. Yeah, that, see, that would cause suspicion. So all eight of those were arrested and found guilty. Whoa. Um, to varying degrees. People who were involved on the day of the assassination were sentenced to death. <gasps> Even the guy that pooed himself. Yep, even the guy Putin. What about the guy that didn't follow Inclu- through? Including, uh, including Mary Serap, who just, who just had a pub, and she also just, pa- she she just passed the... on a message as well. All right, I thought she just gave him a function room. No, she yeah, on, you can have it on, on the day she did pass on a message, but some say it was coded, and she might not have known exactly what was Whoa. going on. Right? There were protests the whole way through. I don't think a woman had ever been um, uh, capital punished before. Wow! In America, and people were like this isn't how it should go. The uh, they were the ones that were hung, hanged. Sorry, um, on the day people were still protesting. Other guys like Payne was going, "Don't, she had nothing to do with it. Leave her out. Don't kill her." And and society was kind of even like going, "This isn't. This is a bit wow. much." Wow. And um, right up to the day, people were thinking that she was going to get a stay of execution, um, but she didn't. <gasps> On the, the it was the weird thing. Apparently, back at the time, you know, there was lots of sun umbrellas. That was a classic thing. She would, they were holding up a sun umbrella for her. She had the hood on her head so she wouldn't get sunstroke. You know, because that was just so weird. That's so odd. So weird. She, she can't get sunburned. And night and she, she, she might get a bit hot before we snap yeah. her neck. There was a ninth conspirator who uh, was never arrested or wasn't arrested at the time. Her son, actually, um, John Surratt, the younger guy, was definitely more involved. Um, he, he got away, fled to Canada. Then he got a ship to England and ended up working in the Vatican or in Rome. He became the Pope. Yeah, John Paul II. Now he, um, <laughs> but he, did, he worked in the, like the, I think in the Pope's Guard or whatever. Wow. I think I read that. What, the Swiss Guard? Something like that. Fuck. Wow. Yeah, the, the military unit that protected the Pope, whatever that, uh, those guys are called. Yeah, the Swiss That's Guard. Swiss Guard, and and colourful suits. And, um, and apparently, funnily enough, the Surratt family um, were big in, in the Catholic world, which is like, obviously, that earlier wow. there was like something that Booth wasn't into them Catholics, but um, it meant that he got away for quite a while. Oh. Oh, no. Didn't get the in pardon the, from the Pope. In the meantime, all eight went on trial. Some were put to death. Uh, including Mary. Including Mary. The, all the ones who were involved on the day, they were all put to death. That's mental. But the others who were sort of in, involved in smaller ways in the aiding and abetting or, or the stuff before were sent to jail for different amounts of time. Inclu- and also the horse guy. So he was involved on the day, but so not Spangle. part of the plan. Yeah. He was sentenced to jail. And Peanut John. Peanut John was fine. Peanut John was fine, yeah. Thank God. That's mental. So the ones that were, sorry, the ones that were sentenced to prison were Mud, the doctor, O'Loughlin, Arnold and Edmund Spangler, the 
horse holder. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't even hold the fucking horse. He didn't. He got Peanut John to He do had to it. build the stage. Uh, the one that got away, John Surratt, avoided capture for a while in Rome, but uh, someone recognised him eventually. He was arrested, um, but apparently escaped for a while, got to Egypt, was found again, and eventually sent back, extradited back to the US, and tried for the, the same stuff as his mum, the stuff that his mum was found guilty of. But this was a few years later, um, so it wasn't exact same trial, you know, time, a little bit of time had passed. And uh, the civil trial resulted in a hung jury, so he went free. They oh. hung the jury. <laughs> <laughs> and he lived till 1916. Wow. wow. That's in Matt's time. Yeah, well, that's the century we were all alive. Yeah. So he lived. Yeah. And uh, that's somewhat... So that was pretty scattered at the end. I got a bit excited and I went off script a lot. But no, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's like I didn't realise uh, all that stuff in it. It's a, it is an interesting story and I oh. kind of wish that I was sitting here listening to Dave tell it. But I wish that Because he wouldn't have got topic. so excited. He would have he done it uh, by the book. <laughs> Hold your cool. He would have held his cool, but I just got flustered there. If I had a single bullet gun, I would have shot it in the air and gone, I'm coming for you. Oh, Fuck. Let me reload it. Give me 15 Sorry. minutes. Sorry, everybody got that big stick out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It was one of those really ornate looking guns as well. Mm. Something you'd expect a pirate that his dad was a lover of to have carried around. Yeah, he anyway. does sound like a pretty bad guy. It was definitely a pretty guy. And also, yes, a very bad guy. That's, I was so weird. I had no idea. I, I knew it was just that he... I thought it was a political... I'd, just to, back in that time, people were like, seemingly, they hated Lincoln, but in a lot of ways, Lincoln was a hero after that. He was, you know, more universally loved. So that's part of the legend. I think it definitely did help. And I mean, now now I think most people would argue that uh, Lincoln was on the right track with slavery. Oh, totally, abolition. yeah. So, yeah. so I, Well, Jess is hung on the jury, but... So it's just funny, like, as time goes on, you're like, oh, that guy... And it's just amazing. I lo- I'm like, there was a whole side of America who were like, ah, oh, slavery, this is great. And the other half's like, what the fuck? America's all about whoa, whoa, freedom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What wow. the fuck? This what? is the opposite of the things we say. It's freedom and everyone no, 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 no. is equal. Freedom, freedom for us, we're equal. They're not. Some of us are more equal than others, as Animal Farm said. So strange. Yes. Anyway, so that was that was. Uh, did I say that at the start? Obviously, that was the topic as voted by. Our oh, that was Patreon the topic. Supporters. Yes. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I did. You, you got so anyway, excited. You I just talked for an hour topic. about it. Um, <laughs> Who suggested it? Do we know? Yes, we do know. He's actually a, a, a patron uh, himself, and I and he had another topic of Helen Keller, John Titus. Titus. John Titus. Well or done, John. Titus. We're never sure. We th- I thought it was John Titus, that disease we love to have. <laughs> <laughs> the disease we love to John. <laughs> John Titus. What have you got? It's John Titus. John Titus. You lucky bastard. It's okay. I've got antibiotics. Um, but hey, that, give me a kiss. I'll give you some John yeah, give, Titus. Give me some. I give won't me tell some. you what the other topics were. Um, but it it beat them by quite a lot. It got over half the vote. Cool. Um, oh, good suggestion, John Titus. As as we are, are now very well aware of, listeners love the killers. They love them. We should do a topic on uh, Las Vegas band the Killers sometime. They would love that. Please don't wink at me ever again. How was it, Dave? Are you cross-eyed. Please don't. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Please wink don't at wink Dave at Dave ever, ever again. again. <laughs> Um, if you're going to wink, you wink at both of us with different eyes <laughs> at the same time. Please blink at us. <laughs> Matt, do it. Blink at us. 
Thank you. He had God. to think about that too. Which you're a good blink. He's a good blinker. Yeah, no, that's the kind of thing you shouldn't have to think about. But you did. You thought about it and you twitched a bit. Hey, uh, speaking of patrons, yeah. at the end of each episode, we love to thank some of our fave We've got to thank some fave orits. Um, Including John Titus. Titus. So, yeah, um, Dave, do you have a, a patron? Patron? Well, I've got someone to thank. And, but just off topic, if I ever had a son, I've got two names ready to go. It's, it's 50-50 at this stage whether I'll call my son Daniel or whether I'll call my son Ryan. But a man that has already combined the two best names oh, on this planet. Mm-hmm. Who is it? None other than Daniel Ryan. Oh. Thanks, Dan Ryan. I really like Dan Ryan. Daniel Ryan. Daniel he, Ryan. He, uh, he gets onto us a bit. What a bloody good guy. Thanks, Daniel Great Ryan. Guy. I'm going to name my child after you. Both my children. I'm going to have twin boys. One's Daniel, one's Ryan. Oh, that's nice. It is actually, it's funny you said that. Um, because there are four names that I would give my son if I ever had a son. Um, Brad, Lee, Ma, and Honey. And <laughs> coincidentally, um, funnily enough, uh, the guy I would like to thank, uh, a real bloody champ. A guy that only knows winning. Never even... I, I'll, I'm going to actually say the word for the first time he's ever heard it. Losing. This guy doesn't know the meaning of it. It There's means no... to not win, mate. All right? He's not... Like, he's he's very good at winning, not great at vocab. But, <laughs> super good guy and a winner in the world and in my heart, Mr. Bradley Mahoney. Are you sure it's Mahoney and not, like, Marnie? I'm not sure of that, but Just I... Just saying. I, but Bradley. Knowing my history... <laughs> it's probably Marnie. It's almost definitely Marnie. You'll have to change two of your son's names. Nah, Mahoney. Ma can stay, but Honey has got to mean... Knee. Knee. Just knee. No, no, that was, I mean, that's just a coincidence, Dave. I'm not. Yeah, he's just talking, because you guys were talking about naming your kids. Oh, I'm going to definitely name mine after Daniel Ryan, so I I respect him even more. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, because uh, I was thinking just the other day, when I have children, which I've frequently said on this podcast I don't want to do, um, but when I do, uh, I would definitely, I think, top, top ten Somewhere in my top ten favorite names um, would obviously be Connor. I just think because somewhere of, in the top ten, somewhere in the top ten, okay, because of I like that name. Terminator. You know, yeah. So That's good enough for me. And coincidentally, actually, somebody that I would like to thank. Just you know, just a little side note there about naming kids. But coincidentally, it's funny that I mentioned that because the person that I want to thank for supporting our show is none other than Connor Saunders. Who we've actually met, Matt. I had a really pleasant time with Connor. Connor's the best. We met Connor and his brother Josh in uh, in Ballarat. And they're going to be coming to one of our live shows when we do them for Comedy Festival. And they're just delightful humans. And uh, and thank you very much, Connor. Thanks so much, thank Connor. You, Connor. Thank you, all of you. Hmm. Every last one. All of yous. It is, it is nice to thank uh, these legends. Um and sorry for everyone who finds that tedious. No one. I'm not sorry, because no one finds that tedious. Well, but speaking you're, of, we're apologising to no one. Speaking of that's tedious weird to information, to no one. we should also probably just mention how they can get in contact with us. Yeah, sure. Well, you can get. In, well, if you want us to contact you by re- reading out your name, of course, Patreon is the way to go. Patreon.com slash do go on pod. Get the bonus stuff. Get the bonus episodes, that kind of stuff. Of course, you can email us, dogoonpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, at dogoonpod. It is always great to hear from you. You can suggest topics. The hat is growing every single week. But hey, you've got to be in it to win it. Got to be. Got to be in it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'll get 
if I haven't done it already, I'll I probably will get a new uh, vote up soon, and that's pretty much everyone. I think it's is it two dollars and above on Patreon. You get to vote in the topic, my topic thingamajig. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Get involved. Be part of the change you want to see. Uh, and one last thing, um, if you don't mind me uh, bringing up, if you don't mind, do you mind? I mind. Devin Bruns uh, tweeted at us. Uh, oh yeah. Last week, week four, letting us know that he created a do go on subreddit. Now, I don't fully understand Reddit, but I love the idea of this. I know that Reddit is like the real internet where real internet people go. Sure, yeah. It's the kind of place I want to understand. I'm going to try and figure it out. But I think (laughs) it's a place where basically he's uh, put it together. It's uh, reddit.com slash r slash do go on pod. Great. And I think it's just going to be a place to just chat about topics, probably mention things we've fucked up. Also, things we got very right. Yeah, but there'll probably be more things we fucked up than Which things is we fun. got very Here right. Here's a list of things the they got right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, you, if you're in a Reddit, that, that'd be really cool to go there, uh, ha- uh, hang out. We, I don't know what else to... I don't know how that all works exactly, but I'm going to figure it But we can contribute it ourselves. We can go in there and answer questions, that kind of stuff, if you, if you want us to. Yeah, sweet. Oh, I guess... Uh, let cool, us just Devin make more work for us, Dave. Fuck. Well, he said we, meaning him and... Yeah, great. Him and him alone. Yeah, him sweet. Alone. Done. I've got to find a computer first. <laughs> Where the bloody hell are they? But until then, I'm going to go jump in a pool because I'm so fucking hot. So hot. Hey, Dave, can I come to you? My best friend. All right. Thanks for everyone having <laughs> us. Later. It's only a one-man pool. It's a bath. Bye. Now we're going to get squeezed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.